Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. This evening I am joined by Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? I'm peachy. How are you? Great, great. We missed you last week. I know. I'm so sorry. I was on vacation. Hey, everybody gets one of them. Yeah, I know. It's what so happens. Tell us what you do. Anything special? We, uh, Mark and I, went to a little town up in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and it was it's called Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, Asheville is great. And actually, I think one of our listeners lives up there. One of our Paz I Am um, brethren is in Asheville. But uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful little town. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. And we had such a great time. Before. What's that? I never heard of it before. Oh, it's great. It's it's um, kind of the Berkeley of of North Carolina. Oh, I see. And what you guys do? Uh, well, we stayed at this lovely hotel called the Hotel Indigo, and um, we parked the car on a Saturday and didn't even walk and, and didn't get in the car until um, Monday afternoon when we left. It was oh. just wonderful. We shopped. We ate. We ate some more. We shopped. We ate. We ate a lot. <laughs> I think I'm still trying to lose some of it. But man, oh man. Oh, good food. Good food. And it's only two hours away. So and uh, so that's even it, like the best part. So it's not like you're driving hours and hours. Exactly. Exactly. I mean you're there in, in no time and it, it's it was just so nice to get away. So nice. So is it something more along the lines, like, see, here we either go down the shore or up the mountains. So is it kind of like going, like, not up the mountains literally, but, like, is it kind of like going to, like, a little town and not necessarily going to, like, the beach? Right. So instead of going to the beach, okay. you went, we went to the mountains. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, beach, is, beach is to the east and mountains are to the west. So up the mountains you all went. Well, that's good. I know you did yeah. a lot of walking, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> my little body isn't used to all that walking up and down the hills. Yeah, my poor exercise. legs. Oh, my God, my poor legs. I'll tell you about it. We went to Great Adventure on Wednesday. Oh, my God, my poor legs, my poor back. Like, <laughs> I, like out of nowhere, like, all of a sudden, like, reality hit me. And it was like, oh, you're remember, you're 32 years old now. Like, you yeah. can't do shit like you used to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, do well, you anyway. know? Speaking of you being thirty-two, do you know what today is? Yes, I know what today is. What is today? Today is the thirtieth anniversary or discovery of AIDS. Yeah, you were two years old, my friend. Two. Yes. Two years old. So, so for In me, that, 30, thirty years ago today. Um, was when they discovered the first, or named the first AIDS cases. Um, I know that, that it, it wasn't at the time, was it not, I don't believe that there was a pneumonia, right? I'm trying it to was pneumonia that. and um, it was the carp, uh, compos- it was a, um, <laughs> Kaposi, Sarko- uh, whatever, okay. KS. I can't ever pronounce yeah. the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate I you know it's it's one of those things it's like you know the little purple splotches that everybody got um were showing up with and then the PCP and and all that stuff and it's just 30 years ago 30 30 years ago yeah and and yeah. what's interesting is is that actually in 2 days I will actually be celebrating my 
10 years, not celebrating, but you know what I mean? Like it'll be a decade of me being HIV positive. And, yeah, thank you, know, you Travis P. In the, in the chat room. Carposi sarcoma, thank you. Yes, yes, that's always a tongue twister. It, it is, because I want, to, I want to say something else other than Carposi. And, and Carposi is so easy to, easy to say, and it's easy to look at, but then when you think about it and try to say it, it's like, oh, God. Anyway, it, you know what, guys? It, I, it, it's 9 o'clock on a Sunday evening, and I can't think straight. <laughs> so we'll, well, we'll get it's there. A vacation. He's, his mind's still on vacation, everyone. <laughs> it, it certainly, it certainly is. Uh, well, let me tell you today. Uh, well, I, w- I won't get that. I won't. Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about thirty years of AIDS, and um, the uh, out. Ma- I don't know if anybody saw the, um, the most recent Out magazine this month's Out magazine, but um, it's got the whole. It's got a big timeline pull out timeline thing in there, mm-hmm. and and I was looking over it again, and I it, just the. Looking back at in, from 1981 to now, and it's just amazing, and it, it's bittersweet when you look at it all. Um, it's it's amazing how far we've come, but at the same time, how little progress we've made. If that makes any sense to anybody. So, I mean, we still don't have a cure. We still don't have a vaccine. We People are still dying all over the world. Um, It's, but on the other hand, I like right now. I'm staring at my meds, sitting here, going, "Take me, take me," and then I have to say no because you make me loopy, and I can't take (laughs) you until I go to bed. But they're looking at me, going, "Take me." So you know, it's, and I and I have that one little the the big pink pill, the atripla, you know, which is three medications and one little pill. And it's so so we so that's the amazing strides that we've made um, is the medications, the sophistication of the medications. But you know, still, there's no cure. Right. So. So I mean, like it's 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 like bittersweet because we've we've done so well with the medications, but we're still kind of stuck back also with the stigma is still kind of, yeah. you know, where it, it was. It hasn't yeah. changed. People aren't accepting it. And I think, you know, that's kind of why we, we started the show is because we wanted people to start sharing their voices. Because once people realize that this is affecting everyday people like themselves, that's when the stigma will start to decrease. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, that's why we do this. And that's why we have people come on. And that's why me and you do this. And, it's important that there's a place for that because something we have to end the stigma somehow, and it's only when we realize that it can happen to my family member that somebody will actually pick up a book, not a book, maybe more along the lines, log online and and look up what it's okay, all about now, and learn about. Okay, listen it. to what you just said. Pick up a book. Wait, <laughs> no, they're not going to pick up a book. They're going to log online. They're going to get online. They're, they're going to they're going to go onto the internet. Nobody picks up books anymore. My goodness. You know, so it, it's again we 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 live in this technological age, mm-hmm. and yet we we still don't we're, we're still burying people. You know. Yeah. So it's a shame. So anyway, ha, what do you say on this day? Do you say Happy Thirtieth HIV, or what do you what do you say? What do you? What what do we do to you know it's 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 you don't want to say well happy anniversary you don't want to say um you know it, 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 no I get it, it because when yeah when we had Dab on you know what I mean and and it was like it was Dab is it more is he celebrating is he not celebrating you know what I mean like it, it's kind of like you don't know which way to go it's like a double edged sword you don't want to really say like you know you're celebrating it but then you're not really mourning it. You're happy. You know, it's very confusing for us. You know, you're like, is it an anniversary, a positive anniversary? I've heard it called everything. My my own AIDS day or, you know, uh, it's, for me, just be happy that you're alive and it don't matter what you want to call it. If you want to celebrate, if you want to say it's an anniversary, uh, you know, 
that's fine. But I think today would be, I don't know, it would just be like the, the, the anniversary of the discovery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and the 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 thing that you know that we're all just kind of need need to remember is that um pe- people died in 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 droves in heavy heavy droves and um and it's it's you know there are people right now who are in their twenties. Dare I say, in the you know their early their early twenties, that um, that won't know any other life than life with AIDS, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and that's that's a interesting aspect. I can remember when Rock Hudson. Um, because I, I was growing up in a very small town and, and I remember when, when it came out that Rock Hudson had AIDS Mm -hmm. and just how devastated people were about that. Um, then there was Freddie Mercury, you know, and it just, you started hearing about all of these people because it was, it was, you know, those people. Then you started seeing the people that you start seeing on the big screen, listening to in your, um, on your Walkman. <laughs> the right, Walkman. Or maybe your Walkman. Or you yeah. watch them play basketball on TV or you, you yeah. saw them play tennis. You know what I mean? Like once it started hitting people that were household names, that yeah. was when it was like finally people were talking about it. It was a little too late. Yeah. So but, 30 you know, years, ladies and gentlemen, 30 years, listeners, that's – that's that's what this is all about, and um, it, it 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 was um, <sighs> it's still sobering. I think. Yeah. You know. But we just can't for, we can't forget those who took the way before us and walked the path, so we could walk the path that we are in today. So we want to thank all those people that have gone before us and and have helped advance the medicine and and all that good stuff, but. Tonight we do have a guest, so I do want to bring Harvey on. Um, oh, is he here? Harvey Carr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harvey Carr is a, a Paz Emmer, a reverend, a pastor. Uh, you're going to hear his amazing story. He's a great uh, member of Paz IM. If you're on there at all, you probably know who he is. He's a very friendly guy. Um, and he does wonderful work, um, you know, in the religious community and HIV and AIDS, and he kind of ties together. And I just think that his mission and his everything that he does it's just so wonderful and when he sent me his story to come on i i, I immediately jumped on it because he's he's so he's so he's such a big heart and you, you'll see when you hear it so help me welcome harvey carr harvey are you there i'm here welcome to the show thanks guys you're welcome okay now 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 so i'm sorry i was just trying to say hello and you're welcome and welcome here and all i said was what you're welcome <laughs> that's fine <laughs> You're welcome. I've been introduced all day today, so <laughs> goodness. Yeah, you were busy. You were a busy uh, guy today, right? I'm sorry. You were a busy guy today. Very busy. Very busy. Uh, we had a ten o'clock service, and we tied it into. Uh, and my message this morning was uh, gay pride and remembering the 30th anniversary. Instead of saying celebrating, we called it remembering. Ah, good one. Uh, and then following that, we attended the baptism of Garland, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and then went to lunch That's with Garland and their church. So <laughs> we've had a full wow. day. <laughs> and it's and this is how you're going to round it out. Uh, well, we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> So is somebody there with a stick, and they're going to poke you before you fall asleep, right? Uh, no, uh, he's in he's in the other room, so he can't yell at me. He tends to yell when I'm on the phone. <laughs> oh, that's oh no! So, so, so Harvey, tell us a little bit. Um, you know, one of the things that I I think is, is 
is interesting is that you are, you know, a pastor, you are ordained. Tell me a little bit about what made you, what pulled you to become ordained at the age of 19? Well, I had uh, gone into school to prepare for ministry, and uh, I've completed my uh, bachelor's degree in three years and was preparing to go do mission work, and I had to be ordained for that. And I was surprised they ordained me because I argued with all the theology professors uh, about everything. (laughs) I had one of those mothers who said, do not believe anything a minister or Sunday school teacher or anything else tells you about the Bible, God, Jesus, or anything. Study it for yourself. Draw your own conclusions. And that's the only way you really believe it. Otherwise, you've just accepted someone else's belief. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. So I uh, I always upset my professors. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> And, of course, then I ended up, uh, I was on pastoral staff in the church where Anita Bryant was doing her heyday in Miami when I was outed, and uh, my credentials revoked in front of a congregation of about 2,000 on televised service. Really? Oh, yeah. Did she Uh, serve you orange juice at the same time? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Hello. Oh, yes, you're one of those gay people. Have some orange juice and get out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, from there I was accepted into the United Methodist with open arms and no problems, and I served there for over 20 years. Oh, terrific. So so tell us about um, your – tell us about you and HIV. And and how and then um then I wanna kind of lead us into um how you dealt with that being being a pastor, HIV positive and go. Oh, okay. <laughs> well I don't have any guilt, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh well no, you're not Catholic, so that's okay. Right. <laughs> yes. We Catholics will have all the guilt for you. Well, my gr- my grandparents were Irish Catholic, so yes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm very familiar with that. Uh, no, I I became involved with uh, the HIV before it was ever known as HIV back in the early 80s when I was in Memphis and when it was still being called the gay cancer and was uh, part of the first buddy program in Memphis. And it was really scary because we had no idea what was happening. Friends would suddenly start having the splotches on their faces and within six weeks they'd be dead. And so the way I first got involved was through the buddy program, and we would just pair up with patients and go and do everything in the world for them, take them shopping, clean their apartments, do their laundry, because they were too sick. Now, Harvey, when you did this buddy program, you yourself were not diagnosed. No. You were just doing it as as you being Harvey. Right. And And being a a wonderful person. We didn't even have tests to test anyone. (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. at that time, and right. uh, you know, we didn't have any. We didn't even call it grid in the beginning. It was just we weren't sure what it was. And then, of course, we went to grid, and then eventually HIV. And when I moved from Memphis to Chicago in '87, I became involved in all the AIDS organizations there. And when we did develop tests, I started being tested every six months and continued to test negative. Then in um, 99, I had gone through a horrific breakup, and I swore celibacy, uh, was living in Baltimore, and became ill uh, with what my doctor said was stomach flu, and four days later ended up in the hospital when I thought I was going to die, they didn't know what was wrong. The surgeon thought my colon had exploded and rushed me into exploratory surgery. Before I went in, they tested my blood again, and it tested negative. Uh, six months later, after numerous blood transfusions, when I was in the hospital for a month, I was again rushed to the hospital and put in a drug-induced coma and ten days later, I was brought out of it and told I had PCP and was full blown. 
So they they began to research, study all the lab tests and everything at the hospital and determined I undoubtedly had gotten a bad blood transfusion. And then two years later, they fired the head of the Red Cross in Baltimore because they discovered they were not properly screening blood. Uh, wow. wow. So, so, so Harvey, um, you do identify yourself as gay, right? Oh, or, definitely. Oh, okay. Definitely. Ask my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's probably one of the best answers I've heard all day. <laughs> love it, love it. So, so you 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 are diagnosed in 1999, right? Okay. Um, and you you're still um, you were still uh, serving as pastor. Is that correct? Right, right. Okay. So, how did your congregation? Um, well, handle the news. If you told I did them. not. I did not come out to my congregation about uh-huh. HIV. They, yeah. Every church I've worked in after I came out publicly being gay, I did not make being gay the focal point of my life because I did not want to be remembered as a gay minister, but as someone <laughs> who helped mankind. So I, I have not dwelt making being gay or my sexuality the focal point of my life. And so when this happened, I kind of kept it under wraps. Um, Then when I, in 2000, came to Florida and was working with a church uh, in Jacksonville, in 2005 I was talking with the church about starting an HIV testing program. The only people who knew that I was positive was the senior pastor, the pastor of education, and the church administrator. And um, as a result, um, they said, well, we have to discuss it with the church board. We went into an executive session with the church board. They were concerned, why was I pushing to do HIV testing, la, 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 la. Uh, And I looked at the senior pastor, and he called them into executive closed session, and uh, I told them my story um he asked them to not go out of that room and discuss it because we know we knew how gossipy people can be (laughs) and within an hour after the session ended i received a phone call from the most gossipy member of the church because somebody on that board called them and told them wow and the the phone call started with i just heard that you're dying of aids (laughs) So, wow. Uh, so that really kind of took me by surprise. And then the last church I pastored, I did not tell them until today. In my, that's where I was preaching today, and I've been gone for two years. I uh, told them today in my sermon. I told the story of what happened there in third person, and then I said. I know that story to be true because I'm that minister. And you should have seen the looks on the congregation's faces. Wow. Because we had a big HIV testing program in that church also. So are are you – okay, so, so which which church are you at these days? I am retired now from full-time ministry. I uh, act as a consultant, and I travel and help churches who want to start inner-city ministries – you know, Robert, I was in Philadelphia in yeah. February working right. at a church there for a week, helping them set up inner-city ministries and helping them set up HIV ministries uh, for testing and counseling and so forth. And how is that um, – so how how receptive have have? so I, I want to jump back over to your congregation today because you, you made a big, big announcement. So how receptive was your congregation today? Very. As a matter of fact, the guy who is head of the HIV testing program there at St. Luke's was very discouraged when he came in this morning uh, before service, said he wanted to talk with me after service. After service, I went back to the rooms where they do the testing, and he told me that prior to the service, he was ready to resign as head of the program, which he has run for years, and... Afterwards, he had people come to him offering 
to go and be certified and to assist him. So he had decided he would not resign. <laughs> so we got some real good response today. Oh, wonderful. Well, wonderful. I used uh, – what I did was use uh, statistics, uh, especially about Jacksonville, and it kind of impacted people because I believe people have to be educated, and even among the GLBT community, which is the most devastated I find the most ignorance, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to statistics and so forth. Now that's, and so you're you're located in Florida, so you have that that ADAP crisis that's going on oh, down yeah. there. <laughs> How is that affecting you know the people that you see maybe when you, you're going out and doing you know your congregation? How is that affecting anyone that you know personally in in, in your area? Well, uh, I've been fortunate in that for a while I could not get assistance. Uh, I am now getting assistance with the COBRA payments on my insurance. Um, My boyfriend is not able to get any assistance. Right now, uh, the only thing he has is food stamps. And and he is getting his uh, meds free through the county, but other than that, um, he's getting nothing. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of very personal with us, you know, because I see what's going through with it. I think, you know, it's important that people really know what this whole ADAP thing is going on. And, and people, you know, can, can go to POSIM and, and read about it or, or go to uh, ADAP Advocacy Association.org and check it out. But it's really important because people don't even know that there's waiting lists. No. You know I mean, how many people right now are in Florida that are on, a, on, on the waiting list that are actually there and writing their names on the list? You know, uh, like over over half of the people in the whole United States are right here in Florida. Right. And over 8,000 people I see from Brandy in the chat room are, are waiting, you know. Right. And, and close to 4,000 of them are right here in Florida. Right. So it, it's really tough. Uh, I've been certified, state certified to do testing and counseling for almost 12 years here in Florida. And so I, I still do a lot of counseling, and right. so I hear the the horror stories firsthand. Uh, when I go to see my doctor, we discuss it a lot because he has referred people to me for counseling and so forth. So it's it's really serious here. Do you uh, think that um, your pastoral background helps with with the counseling? Oh yeah. Uh, if you have completed seminary, you have more uh, hours of counseling, uh, of training as a counselor than the average MSW. Wow. So, and I think also uh, being positive myself helps me to be a little more empathetic with people. And they feel comfortable knowing, because I do not hide it from people I'm counseling with. That way they know I understand. Mm-hmm. All right. Plus so I'm, how I'm, does um, – because I, I do kind of want to get back onto um, uh, get back to get back to one of the topics that we were talking about is, um, you know, uh, how have you rectified – you know, gotten some reconciliation between um, your faith, being a man of faith, and the, the you know, the, the gay and the HIV thing. How, how have you been able to reconcile all of that? Well, when, I've never... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Because, you know, obviously when the church um, frowns upon such things. Well, personally, I never had a problem with being gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I guess thanks to my mother teaching me to form my own conclusions and not let mm-hmm. anybody else influence me. I've had boyfriends since I was five years old, <laughs> so <laughs> so I never. <laughs> yes, I was a little tramp, uh, but I've never uh, really had problems about it. I I never um, let anyone put me on the guilt trips, and of course, I went to college. I was sixteen years old. And then right into seminary at 19, um, 
and you really get into this in-depth studying of scriptures in the original languages and all of this clobber stuff, even in the 60s, I said, hey, that's a bunch of malarkey, so forget it. I didn't let it shake me at all. Mm-hmm. I know what I believe, and that's what I believe. And So what about... Um... What about parishioners when they come in and um, they have the same? You know, because obviously, you're, you, when you're when you're a pastor, you're probably going to run into a few gays and lesbians and bisexuals out there um, who are dealing with some of those some of those guilt issues. Are, right. Do you do you offer your um, do you offer guidance or? Oh yes. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is sitting down with them because they've usually been hit over the head with the clobber scriptures and things with the fundamental issues. And I try to sit down and, I guess, do a theological uh, teaching as to what those really mean and how they're taken out of context and everything. As I said this morning, it's amazing to me that uh, they can take the one verse out of Leviticus that refers to men sleeping with men while they're sitting there eating the forbidden shellfish or ham sandwich and wearing clothing made of mixed fabrics. And, of course, that got a big chuckle. I also pointed out that that scripture only refers to men sleeping with men, and I looked out at the congregation and I said, so lesbians, that means you're okay. And they got a big, <laughs> they got a big laugh out of that. So That's interesting. And, you know, I think it's great because nowadays um, – there's, there's certain churches that are very open to, um, you know, the LGBT community and having pastors that fall under that category. And I think that it's just it's great because for so many years people turned away religion, you know, exactly. especially the Catholics. I grew up Catholic, turned it away because it was so you can't be gay, you're going to hell, you're going to hell, repent your sins. And for it to finally come around and start accepting us, I think it's, it's a great thing that people like you get involved the one question I did um, want to ask you before we open the phone lines, because we have people on lines already, is how has do you have family around? Like, how has your family dealt with your diagnosis? Well, um, my father, when uh, he finally found out I was gay, did not speak to me the last ten years of his life. He was a right-wing, fundamental Southern Baptist pastor. And, you know, real Christian attitude, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't speak to me the last 10 years of his life. My mother, immediately after his death, went overboard trying to make up for it. My uh, former partner, who's now deceased, and she became very close. And she was we were visiting her all the time, and, you know, she would defend him over me. So, <laughs> and I have two sisters who have very little to do with me, but I have a brother uh, and his two sons and his wife are very close to me. As a matter of fact, uh, one of my nephews came out to me Thanksgiving. So I got along well, great with my brother. So. Well, that's glad that your you know your brother and all them came out and and to have somebody you know your he's your nephew so to have your nephew come out to you. I think that's great because I didn't have like a an, an uncle or somebody who was older than me that was openly gay that I would be able to come out to and have that kind of um, healing with, you know, right. so I think that's great. So I just want to open up the phone lines real quick. If you'd like to call in and speak to Harvey, you can reach us here at 347-215-9442. I already got people knocking down the phone line, so oh, no. let me go ahead and bring the first person on. Um, area code 941, what's your name where are you calling from? Hey, it's Danny. How are you, Robert? Good. How are you doing, Danny? I am doing really well. Um, again. Now, be nice, Danny. Oh, I will be ever, ever so nice, Harvey. Um, just nothing but praise for you because, you know what, you're an inspiration to me as an as an educator, as a fellow educator. You just do it on a, a bigger scale. And someday I want to be there, you know. I'm me that's not the activist. Um, I'm bec- slowly becoming an activist. So I just wanted to thank you for all that you do for all of us. Okay, thank you, Danny. Uh, You're Robert, welcome. Uh, Danny came and spent a week with us uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we got to know him real well. We had a ball, awesome. didn't we? 
we ran and ran and ran and ran and then we ran some more. But it was fun. <laughs> I got to see places that I normally wouldn't get to see. So I really enjoyed that. So um and I'll come back because you'll have me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's all I got. I'll uh, I'll keep my stuff short and sweet. Um keep up the great work, Harvey. At Robert, Jeremy, always always a pleasure. Take care and um I'll talk to y'all later. Okay, thanks for calling in, Danny. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next here we got area code 615. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Tim from Nashville. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. I just wanted to call and say hello to Harvey and say hi to Robert and Jeremy. Well, and I'm, good. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned me. Gee, I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, say hi to uh, actually, Hardy and, and Robert and that other guy. Oh, and the other guy, I know. <laughs> it, it's, it, and I was kind of afraid to say your name because um, my northern accent, it kind of, my kind of like Canadian accent, I kind of pronounce it kind of wrong and people say stuff, so they correct me on it, so... I was a little embarrassed, but um, Harvey, I just wanted to ask. I want to. I want to ask you a question. Okay. Um, for someone like me that's studying to be in the ministry, right? Do you have any? Do you have any word of advice? Uh, in what area, Tim? Um, you know, like um, being an activist and disclosing and stuff like that. There's no problem with being an activist. I mean, after all, I I, I know Tim uh, through Internet pretty well. Uh, and if you uh, actually go back and read the Gospels, Jesus was a number one activist. He was always back yeah. head with the religious leaders. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the main thing is keeping your uh, mind open uh, and study with an open mind trying to not let what uh, has been taught you before uh, keep you from learning what you might be able to learn. Okay. Well, well thank you, sir. I know I'll talk to you guys on Facebook. I just wanted to give a, ask a little quick question and say hello. Well, thanks, thanks for, for calling, calling me in, Tim. Okay, thank thanks, you. Tim. All right. Talk to you guys uh, later. Robert, I might say to you, too, uh, you were talking about being raised Catholic. Uh, there yeah. is a denomination known as the National Catholic here in the United States. Uh, it's the church that Garland belongs to, and they are, even have uh, female priests, and they minister uh, primarily to the LGBT community. That's awesome. That's great. See, for me, I'm just one of those people who I just can't go to church. It's just not in me. Right. I don't know why. You know, like I, I went to Catholic school. Like I w grew up going to church, you know, on Sundays and, and on Christmas and Easter and all that thing. And just for me, I don't know. I don't feel like some people, I just don't have to go to church. I don't have to go to a building to talk right. to God. You know what I mean? Right. So I can talk to God in my house. And, it's you know, if God's what you believe in. Because not everybody believes in God. As long as you believe in something and have some sort of faith, I think that that is, you know, or what? I don't think everybody has to believe in Jesus or Allah or whatever Buddha or whoever you want to call the, the tree God or whatever. You know, because people have their own beliefs, whether it's, uh, um, what do you call it, witchcraft or whatever it is that you believe right. in. As long as you believe in something, I think that you're living a productive life. I don't think that people, like there's so many wars over religions, it's ridiculous. And I just think that just believe and have fun and, and don't mock other people's beliefs. True, and as I as I stressed this morning, uh, more than anything in the world, uh, people who call themselves Christians need to remember that the first part of that word is Christ. Uh, and if they just look at what Jesus said over and over and over, was love one another, take care of each other, help each other. That was what he said all through the Gospels. And if we just do that, then we'd be rid of a lot of the problems in the world. Sure. Not only that, people need to remember Jesus was a Jew. He was not a Christian. <laughs> that, that always cracks me up, though. He I'm sorry, born, I don't mean to laugh, but well, it's true. Jesus was born a Jew, educated a Jew, worshipped in the Jewish synagogues. He died as a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yep. I know. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, 
and then it got all weird after that. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody forgot what he taught. Exactly. <laughs> and it got a little strange, but hey. But uh, just to remind folks that we are 20 minutes to 10 o'clock, 20 minutes to the top of the hour, and our phones are open, so give us a call at 347-215-9442. So, um, Harvey, so let's let's kind of fast forward a little bit. And okay. um, what are you doing these days? Um, I know you're retired. You're right. Uh, you know, you're traveling all over the place, kicking up your heels, doing some consulting, consulting right. work and that sort of thing. So what is it that you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> I don't know. And don't ask my boyfriend because there's no telling what he'd tell you. But uh, I also um, served for a number of years as the pastoral counselor here in Jacksonville for a transitional living facility for people with HIV AIDS. And um, that uh, the organization that ran that has been contacting me and wanting me to come back and work with some of their AIDS agencies. So that's something I'm keeping on the back burner to think about. <laughs> okay. As, did you get that, Jeremy? Yes. I just okay, I, heard, no, I heard some static, so I wasn't sure what it was. Um, no. But the one thing, as um, as somebody who is kind of, you know, you were obviously around before, you know, the 30th, 30 years ago, before this was all out. Right. What can you tell as somebody who has been, you know, before when there was no AIDS? Because, like, I was only two years old, so I don't remember really a world without AIDS. Um, what was it like, you know, what can you tell somebody who is newly diagnosed today to give them hope? To give them hope? Uh yeah. Unlike what it was 30 years ago, it's not a death sentence. Um, If you take care of yourself, take your medications, do what the doctors tell you, there's no reason you can't live as long as anyone else. Um, The changes I have seen, you know, are just astronomical. I went through the period where we had no medications, and then the few medications we had were so toxic they killed people. Mm-hmm. And so today, you can live a fairly normal life as long as you take your medications and take care of yourself. Now, were you afraid? When did you start? You, cause you, you said you were, when you were diagnosed, it was full-blown. Um, did you obviously immediately go on medications? Immediately. The, I was immediately put on Sestiva. Um and I had some really serious complications with it. I don't remember what they were at this point. I have been through every regimen that was available. Um, so when a triplet came out, I started wanting to go on it, and they were reluctant to put me on it because of my history with Sestiva, but I convinced them to let me try it, and I've had no problem taking a triplet. I've been on it now for more than four years, and my first labs after beginning a tripla, I was undetectable, and I've been undetectable ever since. Well, that's great. What, what are your, um, uh, what are your CD4 counts these days? My CD4 counts, we've had a hard time getting them up. Uh, my labs, which I got back just a couple of weeks ago, I was up to 345. It's the first time it's been over 300 uh, since 2000. Wahoo! So that's it's awesome. That's just the one area I've had problems. Now, I I have had my crises. Uh, I've had a couple of strokes from which I've totally recovered. Uh, I developed the avascular necrosis as a result of Crixivan. Had both hips replaced. I do have TIAs for which I take medications. But you know, I take my medication and go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I just want to remind folks that if you're calling in to um, press the one key, if you would like, just hit the number one so you can get into the call, into the um, host queue, and we'll uh, try to bring you on. Great. So, what else have you got going on? I mean, you, it sounds <laughs> like you've got you've got somebody in your life. Right. How did you guys meet? 
at through Paws I Am. Really? Yes, in the chat room. <laughs> really? Yes, in the chat room. <laughs> and we were both afraid to even let Robert know we had met through the chat room because he had that little sign over there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I funny. first found out I was going to Philadelphia in February, he thought he might be able to go with me. And so I contacted Robert to let him know in case we came up together and saw Robert. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, well, I think it's great. I think it's great. I, I mean, the way the, the way I look at it is, you know, and for people who don't understand what what they mean by the sign is, is you know, the social network Pause is a site that's for support, and it's not necessarily go there to to hook up and have sex. There's plenty of other sites for that. And I know that, you know, Harvey and Dennis they came and they, you know, were just normal everyday people who came there to get help. They didn't come there looking to hook up or looking to find a lover, and you know, they connected and they were in the same area. And you know what? That's cool. That's awesome. If that's something that Pazayam did, then I'm very happy for that, and I wish you guys many, many, many years. Well, the really, the way we met, Dennis's last name is the same as my mother's maiden name. And uh, we... You're uh, not related, are you? That's, what we tried, <laughs> that's how we met, was to find out, because my grandparents were both orphans. My grandfather had three brothers. They were all orphans, you know, so we knew nothing about the family. He was from a different part of the country, so we chatted for a few days and decided to go to dinner and found out we were not related in any way and uh, spent hours and hours and hours and hours talking, and things just developed. Well, that's great. <clears throat> I think it's awesome. That is great. Um, God, okay, there it goes. The brain has decided to check out completely. That's right. Harvey, didn't you say that, that it, isn't pride going on around your area, or did it happen already? Uh, this weekend was the uh, gay days at Disney. Uh, and did you go? Uh, no. <laughs> we have been so busy <laughs> for the past month. We have just met ourselves coming and going, and then we have these activities this weekend here in Jacksonville, you know, that I was dealing with with speaking and things of that nature. So we did not go to it. Uh, we went to Sawmill Campground last weekend, <laughs> which was an experience because it ended up being a good uh, educational opportunity for both of us. Uh, it's a LGBT uh, campground here in Florida, and we were astonished to find people in their 60s who are gay and totally ignorant of things about HIV and would make some really stupid statements. <laughs> so how did you handle you those make... situations? Well, uh, Dennis talked to more of them than I did, uh, one in particular, and he just kind of called the guy's hand right off politely and uh, set him straight on a few things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can do it politely and courteously and the guy had we had developed a pretty good friendship with him, but he would just make statements that were so off the wall it was unbelievable. For somebody his age, because he's he's over sixty, so he should have known better. But he just wow. wasn't educated. Oh. We actually um have a caller, so let me bring on area code four three four. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, I'm Travis from uh, Charlottesville. Hey, Harvey. Hey, hey guys. How's, hey. how's it going? Okay. Um, I had like three questions written uh -oh. down, and, and uh, by now they've all been answered um, because of other <laughs> callers. Or, or call and harass me, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not calling to harass you. I'm calling to say thank you for all that you've done and for everything that you do. Um, for the HIV community, and and I just want to let you know that um, you mean the world to me, and I, I hope one day our paths cross. Um, 
I know that, uh, you know, you've answered the questions that I've had tonight, but um, I just wanted to let you know uh, and let everybody else that's listening know that I have a really dear friend that's suffering terribly uh, from some problems with his back and um, his brain uh, that could require surgery. And I would just like uh, to ask everyone that's here tonight and and, and you uh, to please, you know, pray or send light or whatever it is that you do, whoever it is that you talk to, whoever it is that you pray to, uh, to please send some healing light his way um, because he's facing possible brain surgery that he may or may not come out of. And um, I just uh, am very worried, and I just want everyone to know that um, I really, really have found solace in the Pause I Am site and that it's made such a huge difference in my life. And it's been a huge difference in his life, too. And... I just wanted to say thank you, Harvey, for everything that you've done. Um, you are an, an inspiration um, to me and to so many people, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you, Travis. And I know you and I have talked privately already about your friend. So um, if you need to talk, you know how to reach me. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for calling in, Travis. Thank you. And I will uh, definitely uh, say uh, keep him in our prayers this evening. Um, so, Harvey, we're down to the last couple minutes. Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that maybe we didn't quite get to before no, we run out of time? The only thing I would say is everybody should just try to do the best they can to educate people, to reach out and help people and love people, even if you don't like them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, do what we can to help them. Uh, I think that's the biggest uh, thing anybody can do, regardless of what faith they may practice. Right. Be a contributing part of society and not a detriment. I think that's great. You know, I that is amazing. That's good words to live by. Thanks. <laughs> so, Harvey, uh, what are the other? Um, questions that I just had tweeted to me was how do let's just say hold on how does how does somebody like yourself deal with depression I don't know if that's for me or for you but I'm going to ask you that anyway <laughs> uh, I seldom have depression um, really uh, I guess it's because of the way my mom raised me you know mom always taught us to, whatever comes into your life you take it you deal with it you don't let it control you you control it. And so I've I've never had to deal with depression that much. Lucky for you. A lot of people deal with it uh, a lot. I, I re- yeah, and especially people who are HIV positive, many of them are, are clinically depressed. Yes. So, I mean, there's it, at that point, when you're clinically depressed, there's, you know, you have to go on medication and things. Well, and so many do not realize they're clinically depressed. They yep. just think they're depressed, and when they come to me for counseling, I try to get them to go and be tested to be sure they're not clinically depressed. Yep. Yeah, it's it's depression is it's not an easy thing to get through, that's for sure. Well, and people mask it in so many ways. Yeah. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. As I start thinking about depression, it just depresses me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean, some people overeat to handle their depression. Some people yeah. starve to handle their depression. Some people drink to handle their depression. And they don't even realize they're masking the real problem, which is depression. Yeah, oftentimes we, you know, we... We treat the symptom and not the actual. Exactly. This is gonna, it's going to be a cliche, but we treat the symptom and not the disease, right? Right. And in our society, guys are taught from the time they're little children that men don't get depressed and don't worry about things and this and that and the other. So it's very difficult, especially for men, to admit that they have a problem with depression. 
Well, yeah, and because men are men are conditioned to not show emotion. They are conditioned not to let themselves cry or or um <laughs> right. be affected, right? And right. and it's just we are all you know? emotional beings, and we have to be allowed to experience those emotions. And tears are a good release of our emotions. Oh, yes, they are. I mean, we sat here this afternoon and watched Rent, which I've seen three times on Broadway, and cried during it. <laughs> I even found myself crying in places I hadn't cried before. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading some of the, the the comments in the chat room. Somebody saying, "I smoke when I get depressed," you know, things like that. And I, I understand, you know, other people drink when they get depressed, and um, it, whatever you do, you do. It's fine as long and, as you and, get through it. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen yeah. and listeners, drinking um, is, is, or alcohol is a depressant. So it is so important that if you're drinking to mask your depression. Be very, very careful, and, and and go find somebody to talk to. And if you're on medication for depression, definitely do not drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, well we are down to the... medication, you shouldn't be drinking either. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Those of us who have hepatitis C shouldn't be drinking either. I mean, it, it's... Okay, then that's it. I'm going to start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will not quote publicly a statement that I make to people who smoke. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, have, I, have private, that. I have private chatted that to Robert before. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Harvey, you know, we are at you know the the, top, the end of the hour. I want to thank you for coming on and hanging out with us and, and sharing your story and and opening you know opening our eyes to a different way. To look at things, you know, whether it's faith or, or religion, just a different a different perception of it all. Well, thank you, Robert. Yes, thank I you, Harvey. It. Thank Jeremy, you very much. Thank you too. <laughs> and and Harvey, people can find you on Pazam, and can they find you on Facebook as well, or should I just send them yeah, to Pazam? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Okay, so Facebook and Pazam. Look up Harvey Carr. You'll be able to find him. Um, Harvey, thanks again for coming on, and I hope you have a, a great Great evening. Thank you. You guys do the same. Thanks, Harvey. All righty then. So, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, like you were bringing up of how, like, men don't are afraid to go to the doctors. And it's so true. Because I, I had that. a friend. No, they were t- somebody. You guys were talking about it earlier, how men are afraid to go. And no. Was I imagining this? I mean, really? I think you were. You you were just having a whole conversation in your head there. We were talking about how men were didn't want to go to the show emotion. Show emotion? I thought, oh, all right, whatever. I totally lost it. But anyway, <laughs> I, was, I thought you were talking about showing not showing emotions and not wanting to like you know go to the doctors if something's wrong because men always put things off. You know, that's just kind of how yeah. we are. We're afraid. Like, and I know for me, I'm always afraid if something's wrong and. If there's something going on, if you're finding a lump somewhere, if you're checking, or if you have a wart somewhere or or uh, something, you need to go get it checked. You can't be afraid. And I think that is, you know, one of the it's, – it's important because a lot of people, and including myself, are afraid to go to the doctor when something – it's like that man code. We have to be real butch and, you know, not afraid to deal with whatever comes towards us. Am I making any sense? You you are. You are because – Okay. The, the men are pro, like I said, men are programmed to be macho, be tough, mm. and 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 it's it's okay not to be. It's okay to allow yourself to grieve and to hurt and feel happy and love and all that stuff. It's it's okay. So yeah. if anybody else is listening, that's that is that is the. One piece of advice, allow yourself to have emotions. It's okay. Yes. Unless you're on a mood stabilizer. Exactly. (laughs) Unless you're on a mood stabilizer like I am. I haven't cried in three years. (laughs) I hear you, too. I don't really cry either. Uh, I have to be, like, really emotional. I I I really do try. (laughs) No, 
but if I do cry, it's like by myself when I'm yeah. alone. But uh, we're yeah. winding down, so I yeah. just want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Uh, you guys can find more information and email Jeremy at positivelyspeaking.com. More information on myself and Michelle at podbym.com. I want to thank Harvey for coming on and everyone for tuning in. Jeremy, have a great week. You too. You have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, next week we will be speaking with Maria, so that'll be fun. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to age but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than age. And thank you all for tuning in for this edition of Pause I Am Radio, and we will see you next week when we speak with uh, Maria. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye.